Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Headspace Podcast. This is a bonus episode where we're going to be talking about a particular EP going through a track by track. My name is Holden Stefan Roy and as you probably guessed today I'll be talking about the Wu-Tang Clans of Mikes and Men music from the Showtime documentary series. I say it like documentary okay. I know it's documentary but I have trouble with that word. Um, so from that series and this EP came out alongside the second episode that got released on Showtime and I I don't know I thought it would be cool to run through it my name is Holden Stefan Roy you can call me that or uh whatever I don't know why I followed up like that rolling through it this is awkward this is how the show works so if you want to skip the intro bit you can check the description of this video where you will see the whole timestamp of the the episode and when I'm going to talk about each song etc before I get into that I want to just emphasize that I'm not a professional by any means in terms of hip-hop scholariness because like the culture's been around for like 40 years and I've been actively reviewing albums for about two and a half years so I'm like a amateur I don't want to say like I'm a complete noob I feel like I've leveled up past that but like I'm not really good at this yet in terms of full understanding it's just on a quest of learning and growth so why I make this effort to check out all these things is to just stay like attuned to everything that's happening, trying to review what I think to be the, the doper new projects that are coming out and looking at the older projects and just going through all of these albums, just trying to understand the art of making an album, of what makes an album great, of and then when you look at all the history of it, just the significance of the different people in it. So all that to say while I'm learning, there is a huge chance that you person coming to this video know way more about Wu-Tang Clan than I do. So on that note, if you feel free to have any comments or any ideas or anything that you would like to say, feel free to drop that in the comment section. I will make that effort to reply to you and to try to have some kind of, of a conversation about it. And normally I like to do it about last week's review but there's not really a last week for this bonus episode so we're just gonna I, mean, I just went to a recent comment on our Raekwon's only built for Cuban links review from Justin Collins and he goes this joint carried through the test of time y'all are disrespectful reviewing this in 36 chambers um so yeah I can understand where he's coming from and I just wanted to touch on this for those who have seen maybe our past reviews and whatnot and you just gotta just kind of give a little context like we live in Montreal Quebec I make rap music and at that point I would call it rap music now I'm making an effort to understand the hip-hop culture so that I can kind of contribute to it and do all the right things you're supposed to do with it and part of that is to study the culture so we started reviewing these albums and that was the intention but you know sometimes you're a bit of an egotistical arrogant person into the world humbles you down a little bit so you sound a little bit cocky and if things you don't understand don't sound like what you think they should sound like you may talk a little bit of shit so the main issue was that I had no we had no idea what the woo was about so we reviewed uh, only built for Cuban links and I'd, I'd say all things considered I took we took a serious beating in that comment section and uh, it was an educational moment of realizing that there's this cultural gap right like I talked to a friend after and he's like you can tell that you've never sold drugs while listening to incarcerated scarfaces and shit like that right where you really start to realize that 
by not understanding the history behind the music, it's hard to pay the kind of respects that Mr. Justin here is, is talking about. So two years ago, I would have been a real shithead and been like, blah, blah, blah. I can review what the fuck I want. But like now I completely understand where he's coming from to a point where I kind of want to make these reaction videos reacting to my old content on my reaction channel because it's a weird state of copyright and shit. So starting reactions now sounds stupid. But reacting to my shit, that sounds like completely like within the realms of copyright law being cool. But I bet I said some dumbass shit. And I bet I could ridicule myself just as well as y'all in the comments could. And I think that might be a little entertaining. But as far as 36 chambers go, the fucking Wu-Tang Clan shared us. I just, I'm just going to throw it out there. Like they put it on their blog and on their social medias and maybe it's just like Riza and maybe it's not a reflection of the whole clan and anything but like I don't know if we were that disrespectful if they shared us like I, I feel like we weren't informed we were still kind of ignorant I definitely hadn't learned as much like I hadn't read the woo book back there yes it's there because I read it but like I bought that in an effort to avoid comments like Justin's here so I just wanted to take that time for whoever ends up watching this who cares to to almost just say I recognize the ignorance of the past and there's some effort to move forward it's a short album so whatever if you're if you're around and you're watching this that was just an interesting comment but I also encourage that type of shit because if it wasn't for folk like Justin here I don't think there would be be the thirst to learn more and become better at this and more respectful so on that note just give a quick shout out to the patrons ismail gadamsey chris prado dj black hurricane jonathan barnes and lindell williams so touch on that at the end of the episode and i want to get into this i don't want to really talk about my connection to the wu-tang clan that much the truth is we've reviewed a bunch of their albums now not all of the the five the first five plans but we've done 36 chambers uh iron man i think we've done supreme clientele also i might be wrong about both ghost faces uh we did only built for cuban links it's terrible we've done pr a few of the new ones that have come out like one of my favorite joints of 2018 has to be meth lab season two dash it to me was I, I, I'm, I'm blown away by that project personally um i don't know what i'm trying to say is at the beginning of our tenure reviewing this this shit, uh, I knew nothing about woo, but we've made efforts to learn. I've made efforts to learn. Um, so we like, bought that book, read it, uh, listened to more and more of their shit. I think one of my favorites is the Killer Priest Heavy Mental album. That that's really cool because I don't know, just somehow I, I connected a lot to it. Um, still, I bought tickets to go see Wu Tang Clan. They're coming to Montreal, which is they're coming to Laval, which is like this little island on top of Montreal. It's like mini Montreal. It's like Montreal, but Frencher. Um, and they have a stadium, apparently. So it cost me uh, 93 Canadian dollars, which is a little pricey. But I felt like the least I can do after talking about it all and I, is to go see them, you know, like to go experience that shit live because... I don't know how I'm supposed to talk about the rest of these Wu-Tang albums over the next couple of years having not actually seen them and shit. So anyway, because of that, I spent in the last 12 hours of my life, I've watched four hours of, of Mikes and Men, the actual documentary series, because I wanted to 
understand better and i felt like it's pretty cool that it's been like 25 years and if they put together this thing uh this series which i don't want to go too much into like talking about it it's it's a lot of history it's a lot of like them describing stuff totally from Riza's perspective kind of whatever it seems like a lot of things are, he's like he feels away but what was really cool is when there were disagreements and shit you could just see like especially about the the one night in shaolin album man when meth and shit was just like i don't like that shit or like ghostface was like flat out like to me that's not a wu-tang album like you could just see like the fact that rizzo was cool enough to like play ball with everybody and let everybody speak their mind and be proper was really cool i, I don't mean to like comment on understanding their dynamics fully this is just my impression watching this little series just in the last little bit it was but it was cool because it like it like visualized a lot of things like just seeing their neighborhoods or uh, just seeing them all with like names and shit and hearing them talk and and like learning all their different perspectives and so much things and, and learning like who a divine is and and power is and just all the history of how they like came together and so if you're like me and you're just a curious person who wants to learn i totally wouldn't consider it the be all end all of the wu-tang story but I found it to be quite entertaining like it's not often i will just sit there and like be able to watch something like a docuseries and not want to go play some video games at the same time and kind of multitask it but i found myself really fascinated by by the story because when you really think about the accomplishments of the wu-tang clan from the business structural point how they made their first albums how their career imploded like learning stuff like how there was the situation on the rage against the machine tour and then they flew back to hot 97 and got the whole crowd to scream fuck hot 97 or ghostface did that shit on just the complications and the trauma and how an ego may have complicated a dollar situation but really it's almost admirable how they all chose to like stick to their guns at the end of the day and like you just see them all sitting there after this giant journey and it's just amazing because they're the whole time as they're telling the story it cuts like back to this like movie theater i think it's where they would watch the kung fu movies i might have misinterpreted that part but uh they're just in this theater and they're just all there kind of commenting on things as they're watching clips of significant moments is almost to trigger talking points but you see them all sitting there uh including capadonna uh which i thought was really cool and just hearing all of the stuff hearing you god like be candid about maybe some of the frustrations because you can you read about the drama as you like look at the stuff through like wikipedia to googling articles and stuff because yo google doesn't give you good information google leads you to media and this is more of a like an underground take on it like a really like fresh from the source look i don't know i really enjoyed it so i suppose if you're really into the wu-tang world you are going to also enjoy the documentary or you don't i don't know let me know i would love to hear what your thoughts were on that but on that note as of episode two they released this little ep the of mics and men music from the showtime documentary series which consists of four songs and three skits to serve as promo to get us all to watch both and 
cash in on the overall revenue source in the true, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, sellout capitalist na- nature of the woo. And I, I say that with all respect because I don't think artists who make good business choices to support their wealth are, are fucking sellouts in a bad way. I think you can only really make that claim when the issue is giving up your integrity or principles but if your principles are about getting paid and ensuring that you can feed your family and shit then go do what you got to do to me that's the proper thing um honestly you look at this album cover and i can barely see it i couldn't find a good picture of it it's just a bunch of little shit in a w a bunch of covers kind of covered all over inside of the w on this like white background and just like wu-tang of mics and men music from the showtime blah 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 and like i mean the cover just kind of feels like a greatest hits cover on the reel when you look at it it's not like super exciting but i guess it does its purpose it, it has the w you see the w you feel the woo it has history all over it which is real nice the title is what it is it's just letting you know these are songs kind of from the documentary series so fuck it you should hear this brand new shit from some of the woo members and uh yeah i don't have a lot more to comment on that part i'm more interested in how cool the docuseries kind of was and i hope that i would ask you guys to just kind of watch it and and let people know that it's cool because the more we support this kind of history becoming a cool form of entertainment that's accepted the more it'll happen and if people feel there's an economy in documenting the great culture of hip-hop and and discussing so many elements of its history and we can create a kind of collective mass behind it we could really get like there's so many cool stories that at least somebody like me who's trying to like understand this culture better and i imagine that i mean my subscriber count's not crazy but there's at least a thousand people who give a shit about kind of the same type of thing so like that leads me to believe that in the big picture a lot of us would just love to see more of this knowledge being put down in the medium like that so if you feel me let me know in the comments who else has a ridiculously cool story that's like dope like that like just a deep history and who knows maybe i'll go research some shit and uh pretend i'm like diverse mentality or one of those other youtubers and make a little 50 minute history shits i don't know on that note you came here to hear about a particular album so we know that ghostface and killer sorry ghostface killer and rizza are on that shit again I mean, right away, you get this beat, which is apparently produced by DJ Scratch. I'm not sure who that is, but the beat is ridiculously smooth, but also at the same time has a certain intensity and drama to it. So you find yourself sitting there and your head's just bopping as you're just feeling the the intensity build up. And I like that little juxtaposition. Then Ghostface just comes in and just spits so smooth, but still intense with every fucking line. Like champagne nights on the corner mad heavy around the time i was beefing with wizzy stark skate and claiborne drawers taking bitches down the man come through damn near kissed the ground and it's 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 really flossy it's really but like also like looking back at this time in his life when maybe shit was a little bit more hectic and just kind of the ridiculous shit that's happening meanwhile 
using alliteration and consistent like flowy rhymes to just kind of elaborate and paint a picture and i've come to really appreciate and enjoy how ghostface killer is just able to do that like jumping up big shit with benetton pajamas on line up my shoulders strategize then i move my pants like just that little superfluous detail of mentioning his fly ass pajamas it sounds like kind of pointless but it also tells you so very much about the situation so like he's ready to go at maybe two in the morning while he's supposed to be sleeping he's like whatever he just jumps up he's ready to go as an action his phone's always on it just it almost sells the fact that his work ethic is absolute just through a fucking little pun about wearing flat pajamas because he follows it up talking about the grindy ass shit that he's doing and he just flows it on through and it's absolutely great plus after watching that docuseries you kind of you hear a line like peace god and you think the number seven just pops into your head which i thought was kind of cool because the more i learn about this shit the more i find it super interesting and then i like it. it's like you see ray yo tell him i said i was in the east uh died but cut off his dreads i'll be back it's just like shouting out ray like i can't reach him in any other way fuck it i'll just like send my message through this fucking verse and i don't know there's just this almost like they're in this big old universe where like the rest of the world doesn't seem to matter and they're just kind of shouting out shit like ghost was just like yo i might forget to send this text message so fuck it i'll put it in a verse i love it to me that's really cool it's just almost this level of audacity that i would not personally be willing to maybe approach because i'm just not like that and so it almost makes me want to be more like ghostface killer because you just fucking fly then he's got like this almost calmer like hook where it just changes the whole tone and shit and you have to go wait is that ghost for like a half second just because it is so different than the verse but that is extra cool he's like i think he's on that shit again twisting out hard getting rid of him you'll gamble on rap yo my bit is in bet against me you're on a hat where your fucking head can't fit up in i just you know don't fuck with him he's proper give him the respect he deserves because at the end of the day he's gonna kill it and i like the hook i think it's fucking dope then rizza comes in and i don't know how i feel about it but it's definitely made me think he goes telekinesis simple instrumental thesis first of all i'm loving this shit i'm loving the rhymes because i kind of like sci-fi and i read a lot of complex shit so i like the words like thesis it just gets me excited to hear about the arguments to follow and you know that kind of i i have not yet really done a riz album i think that has to change um i could hop on a track relax then remain speechless and then the whole fucking shit just pauses for like a, a delayed second or two as you're just like oh oh he's gonna show you what he means he's gonna show you that he he can just go speechless and i was like i mean on the one hand it's kind of cool because it really fits what he just said and it, it you do build up that anticipation waiting when he comes back and he goes peep this like yo i got you excited let's move ahead and you know like literally using dramatic effect and shit on the other hand i could see how if i'm not in the mood for it that would also be perceived as corny not trying to be disrespectful it's just my opinion on the matter um and then i love the rest of his verse it just kind of flows out through like uh peep this i closed down the kiss store with it for a thousand dollar sneakers bought a dozen pair shed him with his cousin wu tang slang boomerang 
back like Reggie Hudlin. I don't know who Reggie Hudlin is, but what you do see is he went and caught a bunch of sneakers for the squad. And one of the key points in a docuseries is the idea of we succeed more than I succeed. And I just think it's cool that, like, so, yo, I'm rich, but everybody's getting rich with me. Like, uh, you can't outthink Riza. I'll make your brain shrink. My lyrics are vitamins that go from A to zinc. And yeah, I got the iron just in case the MC think, which is cool because A to zinc and then iron is a mineral and vitamins and minerals go together. Those just two words bounce off each other. Iron is fucking dope. But hold up. It gets better, right? He can take it to the streets then watch his ass become extinct like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I am always, of, and I say this sincerely, okay, this is not a joke. I like dinosaur bars. They're fucking cool. It takes hip-hop, something I love, and dinosaurs, something I love, and puts them together. But it also flows well, because that iron could be like a gun that he'll use to kill him and make you go extinct, like a T-Rex. This shit's fire. Then Ghostface comes in and, like, you know, flips it out, and I read a whole bunch about Maserati Rick, because I didn't know who he was. And so I now read a page about a drug dealer who died. And I don't mean that again disrespectfully. I just now understand that he was very rich in Michigan. And he was killed by a hitman in a hospital bed. I digress. I really enjoyed this song. Um, it gave it a 4.6. It is above what I would normally feel to be like a really good song. So I like it a little bit more than what I think is like something cool. Like it has this energy. It just makes you want to listen to it. Ghostface Killer and Riz's con contrasting styles complement each other so well to keep your interest for the entirety of this thing. And I like it. I think it really just makes you feel like, yeah, these are like veterans coming in and being veterans. I would say that I don't know what would make it a five, but I'm left with this. It's not my favorite song I ever heard of all time, but it is surprisingly good because you don't know what to expect when you see some shit for like a docuseries or a soundtrack like sometimes it comes off like it might be corny and it has been in the past with other people so when i heard this i just got really excited because it was kind of everything i was hoping for just good rhymes over great beats um anyway a lot more to talk well some more to talk about either way i've seen a lot of things is next i may have sounded silly once upon a time but i like how ghostface killer and raekwon sound together on this track um this beat is cool it's got like this guitar driven almost more pop sound than you would be expecting um like it sounds cleaner than say the last one which kind of didn't sound like it kind the last one sounded a little bit more conventional and this sounds a little bit more moderny i don't know if i'm using the right language here but i like the contrast because it's like yo who can do anything is what you're just being told between these two songs like we're everywhere and the fact that ghostface killers between the two tracks creates this consistency to really sell that point like these these guys is powerhouses you know like between them all they can they can accomplish any sound um and then it just he just sounds fresh ghostface as he starts it up like expedite lyrics under a godly spirit thoughts for us to hang glide even a bird could hear it man just like coming up with lyrics through powerful enough thought through uh, the purity of who you are and because you're living right and shit that it expands so airborne birds and shit can hear it that's cool like that is a way to describe stuff that is just abstract and i think 
the thing that most people might miss when you listen to some Wu-Tang is that in some cases it could be perceived as these guys is talking about the same thing on every song. Another way to look at it is the same painter can make a hundred paintings of a forest and every one of them is this distinct unique expression right like there are different trees in different places and then that's a way to like that, that's how like a painter would make each one unique so the fact that these guys are so creative and artistic in the way that they can take the same concepts and manage to re-describe it in fresher and fresher ways over 25 years is just crazy like a bald man with gold metal wings look like it belonged in a day. The coming of Christ worshipping the Elohim. That's why I wear dark shades like CeeLo Green. It's darker than Don Cheeto were mean like deleted scenes. I don't fully understand that shit, but it flows well and it sounds super dope. Um, I do know that CeeLo Green wears uh, shades and I do know who Don Cheeto is. Um, I don't remember who the Elohim is. I know that that's biblical shit. And I know that fundamentally like the idea of christ coming back with the bright lights and shit you know just being prepared for like this kind of situation is something that would make you want to wear sunglasses so what makes the writing cool is not just that within a single bar it's fresh and i think if you wanted to criticize modern hip-hop and some of the more pop shit in terms of this the overall writing quality on why ghostface is superior it's that Ghostface's writing is more of a narrative that has these fresh one-line bars that all connect together. They're all linked, and that's really fucking cool. Whereas a lot of the times in some of the more pop side of rap, they'll have a lot of one-liners, but they're just a lot of one-liners. It's like you'll have stand-up comics that could do like a whole hour-long set, and it's really just this big story narrative that when you really think about it, every unique piece really builds up to this big conclusion versus, again, people who just do one-liners. And personally, I'm not the biggest fan of vapid one-liners. I like shit that builds up to a point. I like uh, just the overall feel of the verse and it flows proper. Then you get this chorus from Harley and I don't know who Harley is, but he goes, seen a lot of things, don't talk about it. I can't live without my faith. I don't walk about it. God, I know you led us uh, to do better on this road, on this road, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it repeats and you just think about like, the humility of these guys who maybe had some harsher lives and who have flipped it into such legitimate shit who build up communities who do all the good shit you're supposed to be doing when you have that cash flow coming in it's just incredible you know to think about how they're so humble with it how they have this appreciation for it i like that i feel like it's really the difference between men making music and boys making music it's just that maturity that i personally am looking for at 31 years of age um i feel like raekwon's verse is just proper like he has this smooth voice where maybe like it's like ghostface's voice has this great range of energy and it's explosive whereas raekwon's is subdued but just slashes at you and it's fucking cool i don't know i'm picturing swords and shit uh pledge music we came up from the grain up cloth music acoustic jungle rap gave us all the project music blood in and plug get your mug dented real uh, steel rip steel i'm finally out the drug business kneel proper for me helicopter beige sage and get the blessings from professors on stage winning and i just thought that was super cool like you get this little right you know history where he comes from it's dedicated to the music he came from maybe the worse or serious tribes but 
this music from the projects in this environment kind of created a way out so like i took that steel rip steel like the mic overtook maybe the gun or or some shit like that and so he's finally escaping maybe the drug business because of the ability of the music and it's just re-emphasizing how powerful this was to get him out and again his appreciation for how this gift of this hip-hop world that he's in has changed shit you know um nine swords 36 chambers we got the squad this album it's like a chessboard keeps sliding opponents get flamed on it training poems uh been the game of thrones we've been raining growing these young boys come through spray your home the rhyming is impeccable the fact that in the middle of talking about we just compare it first of all it's kind of interesting that game of thrones is now becoming almost a regular expression to describe complex political situations where everybody's almost backstabbing and standing on edge i've used that term myself uh to describe uh corporate life than the office i work in sometimes not now in the past when it felt more like game of thrones so like that's a cool expression and just to know that me and raekwon will use it in the same way made me feel really fucking happy but anyway been down that path you know like and then to reach this new situation where you, you just you come from this bad life and again the music makes it all proper or just the line criminals have to eat it's a fact shorty you're damn right i go to the square miles we're from the stairs thousands of pens could hear us from up uh, anyway so it's just the idea that criminals have to eat too it's like you really think about it a lot of people are going to be forced into situations where they have to feed themselves and their families and i think one of the failings of the middle class is forgetting that maybe for some people making enough money to deal with a situation isn't a realistic thing when the opportunities that are in front of them aren't proper so the fact that they chose not to stay in the improper situations and to flip that into a more legitimate circumstance becomes very role model like which now when i hear something like wu-tang is for the kids it really makes a lot more sense to me than maybe the face value of looking at it before you have any understanding of who they are and what they represent either way this did feel a little bit glossier i i don't know i don't know what it is that kind of rubbed me a little bit off on this song from it being like perfect perfect maybe the hook seemed a little out of place it seemed weird actually to have that hook but i enjoyed the song a whole bunch and it definitely is one i could see myself going back to and just putting on because it is weird in that it has that new age feeling mixed with like that more well raekwon and ghost feels so i thought it was cool it's a 4.5 on 5 and why don't we move on to the first skit on this project as we talk about project kids so rizza So RZA produces the beat, and it's nice. It's kind of cool. It kicks in, and you're a little bit excited because you see Nas's name. And then you hear Nas just describing, you know, I was hearing about Woo. There were these dudes coming place to place, tearing shit up. You know, there was legitimate. And then you realize that when he, like, learn more about the woo we could like compare 
them to different people like Raekwon reminds me of this guy in my hood and Ghost reminds me of that guy you know it was almost like they were cousins they were so relatable just somewhere else and the special thing about Wu is that it was eight or nine guys but eight or nine guys were they worked together collectively but each guy could bring their own and they gave us incredible skill and incredible poetry and they gave us music that no one's touching to this day is timeless and then it just kind of ends and i said to myself that was weird not not to say that it's it's not like a good thing or a bad thing in terms of what Nas had to say i mean Nas said some very sincere uh shit that you would expect a guy of Nas's stature to say about a group like wu-tang stature in a documentary series but you see Nas for all of like four to ten seconds in the Wu series that I just watched. And then what I realized is they cut Nas's like part where they interviewed him out of like the the whole series and then just put it on this album so that we could still hear it, I guess, or get it. Almost like a bonus feature, like when you would get the DVD and it would have the bonus features with like deleted scenes and I realized this is a deleted scene from the docuseries and they put it out and they put Nas's little bit here instead of actually on Showtime and shit. Like, I guess you got to see Nas, but like Seth Rogen got all this FaceTime. Seth Rogen got to talk a whole bunch about how he liked Wu-Tang when he was young. <laughs> Why didn't Nas? I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to like be disrespectful or say anything contrary to whatever it's just that was my first experience i thought this may have been one of the cheesiest but also kind of innovativest things i've seen somebody do given these circumstances i suppose if you are able to produce an instrumental and you have this footage of nas speaking and you know that people are going to want to listen to it and you can monetize that by putting it on an album between other songs to promote your show. Th that's pretty smart. Um, look, it sounds cool, but I can tell you that the third or fourth time I heard it, I was like, yo, I'm done. I don't. I, I will skip this every other time. The beat is good, but it's again like part of the documentary thing it's like i watched that i might watch it a second time if like maybe we're to make a piece of content about it or something or a couple years goes by i'll watch it again because it's good to watch but i mean I, I i learned what i had to learn i got Nas's opinion and now it's just there it's track three anytime i'd want to go listen to this album so thankfully it sounds good so you can let it play through and just kind of wait for the next song but i found this to be a weird thing i don't know i would love to hear your opinions on this move in particular too i'm just gonna keep asking your opinions when i think shit's weird because i don't know better i'm not really an expert like i said i'm just a dude who listens to albums so i get this a four because it is well made it's good it's just not what i would hope to hear anyway the next one is a song and it's called do the same as my brother do i realized at this point that i don't know a lot about riz's music as a lyricist i know what riz's production sounds like because of all of the albums i've listened to where he has production on it but we never did get to like a, a bobby digital or any of the other ones that he's done um hasn't happened yet 
So this was cool. This might be the one of the first really just solo RZA joints I ever heard. And what I liked about it is it's very conceptual. And it makes just this one song made me want to go and review one of his albums and to just go really delve in because if i listen to it i'm not going to give it half the effort as if i review it because that's just how my life is right now so i'm gonna review it that means it's gonna get the attention and love it deserves um but it starts off with this kind of affected voice like a voice with effects on it where he goes life is what you make it my darling my dear try to make it so right even that little like poetry bit there it's like life is what you do with your life but simultaneously life is not easy please in light of everything try to make something of your life because there is that choice to to not try and then you don't make something um the verse starts in and the first few times i heard riz flow i don't know that i liked his flow as much as say like a ghost face super smooth flow but i've come to really see the math behind what riz does like when you see the math behind the beat, I don't mean like supreme mathematics, I mean more literal mathematics. Music kind of has these, like all rhythm is math, honestly. It's just fractal divisions of how the sound will be distributed. And when you look at the level that Rizza divides his flow up to be on point, you can see that he's not fucking around with some standard shit. He's just kind of expressing it to the maximum effect of how his flow is. And I could also see how if you're into, I guess, what you're into, this could either come as a really good thing or a really bad thing. The artist in me really likes Riz's flow. The fanboy in me likes more Ghostface flow. But collectively, I've come to appreciate how technically proficient Riza actually is on the mic and it's really cool also he kind of reminded me a bit of 50 cents on this one if i could i would if i can i won't please forgive me if i don't Sh- uh, should some should be i come from the strangest streets i don't know the way he floated it remind me a bit of 50 that was just something to throw in i don't know who inspired who or anything like that that's just i've been watching power okay like the show and you listen to that like intro song like every episode it gets stuck in your head like that i'm an undercover i'm i'm an undercover liar i lie under the covers look a bitch in the eye tell the baby i love her i can't get that shit out of my head because i watched the show forever um anyway uh if i could uh, whatever i come from the strangest streets i come from a place where love and danger meets a house full of noisy kids boys avoiding bids unemployed on skid row we had no toys for kids uh we, and then you really like he's painting this picture of the environment where he comes from where it's complicated and people are very poor and the entire environment is just kind of bad like no toys for kids they the older folk are trying to not go to jail you know unemployed like nobody has jobs people are bored so they would bang on drums made from garbage cans you know they would hear gunshots they would run like that's some interest not interesting in like a bad in like a this is fun way but it's an interesting way to like look at them to be like this is what created that sound um this is what our history really is like and then you know even garbage men make more than our mom and yo that that's an interesting point garbage men make a, a pretty decent salary all things considered they do in fact make more than teachers at the lower end of the teaching scale uh and that that's kind of weird i mean maybe it's not maybe somebody who does a disgusting job should be rewarded but in all cases teachers are undervalued and underpaid and so i think it's incredible that 
Riza takes the time to point out that we underpay two educational roles in our life that deserve all the credit because of the value they contribute, especially to the youth, mothers and teachers. And that's some dope ass shit right there, you know? Um, people are drunk and pissing on the side of building. They can't provide for children. Someone stopped the squealing, turned to drugs for healing, thugs sneaking and killing. Cop sirens are screaming inside the cars we dream in. One day we could own one. Right now we can't bump crumbs. And it just pictures like this unfortunate circumstance where people are, are failing and everything around it's falling apart so we're escaping through the worst ways and it almost feels cyclical and shit anyway the beat flows on as he continues in this flow and it's dope to a point where somebody's in jail and he goes i'm my little brother on that same trail son and then he kind of goes to the hook where he's like life is a puzzle every day is a struggle we know the ones who truly love you as we do foolish things we see the others do i try to do the same things my big brother do when you think about it, and if the whole hood and the whole situation creates this cycle of bad where the only people who succeed or get money, as we've learned over the course of all these albums, is to maybe go down that more attractive fast lane where you can at least eat, you know, and then everyone's kind of figure out a way out of it in a legitimate way. And at the end of the day, you're kind of left to look up to who your big brothers are, your role models, whether it's literally your blood brothers or maybe it's just the older dudes in the neighborhood. And fundamentally, you'll end up copying your role models because that's what it is. And the fact that the role models are the people in this environment just creates a cycle which isn't what I was expecting the song to be about, honestly, when it came in, but it's another key facet of the whole situation or the puzzle of what creates the woo. And I was like, damn, this is really, really cool and really, like, good. Um, the second verse is the same kind of thing, but, like, loaded guns in the shoe box, fingerprints on the oo-wop, Ziploc plastic bags with the black and blue tops. It's just so descriptive. It's so almost like you can picture Riza being having seen this shit so many times that he just has to close his eyes and down to the color on the Ziploc bags is able to describe it while rhyming. We slung on the block and watch out for the blue coat. See blunts we pass after two tokes. Starving for a G note on four. And he just it, it, it just flows on through. And the whole second verse also paints out the same kind of picture of this situa uh, of this environment they're coming from. Uh, spot gets knocked. My brother locked the fuck up again. Another mama's son stuck in the fucking pen to disperse. No one to trust. Back to struggling. Now I'm on the streets trying to get my hustle and cheap wine guzzling. Life is so puzzling. And you just left with this, like, there's not really a happy ending or anything. It's just, you can picture how Rizzo was looking back to maybe a point in his life where this was the norm that he sees. But it's also probably the norm for a lot of people in today's world, which is an incredible thing that he can be so in touch with that. And to paint a picture where it's like any pragmatic or self-respecting person with critical analysis skills can read this and empathize with the situation and feel some shit. Plus the beat's dope. Um, I'm not good at describing beats, but the beat's dope and it flows really well with what Riz is doing here. And I mean, it makes me forget all about the Nas shit. Like, I'm like, oh shit, this is way back to good music again on this project. So I gave it a 4.5 on 5. It's super fucking enjoyable. It's really cool. On that note, yo, is he chao? So, unlike the Nas skit, which 
just kind of felt like Nas tooting the Wu-Tang's horn. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I do believe that Nas is absolutely sincere with everything he has to say. But, like, it's one thing to hear a guy like Nas talk about Wu-Tang. Like, of course they're going to say the right things. These guys is all rappers. We all know there's some politics up in that shit. It's another thing to hear Cheo Hodari Coker, who I'm not, I, I kind of have seen his work, so I'm aware of who he is. He's the guy who made the notorious documentaries, involved with a few other shows, like, um, I don't know, one of some Netflix shit and whatnot. So he's actually kind of established, but in a completely different medium, but he was a music journalist for a long time. So he did some piece on the Wu-Tang, as we learn in this thing that we're listening to. But he's also kind of describing the situation of, of a popping Wu-Tang. Like, if you look at the album cover, um, or even some of the early videos, Ghostface killer has like shit over his face because apparently there was a warrant out for him and so there was a bit of anonymity and maybe not everybody made the photo shoot as we learned in this uh, little skit here so fundamentally he didn't know what everybody looked like i think it was clear what method man looked like and you can see like what was going on at that point but not everybody was there so as a result of missing this photo shoot, this magazine that Cheo's involved with uh, produces a magazine cover that is covered with characters of what the Wu-Tang would be like. Like Raekwon the Chef has a chef hat and Old Dirty Bastard has a blow-up doll, which is kind of like cheesy, honestly. Like there is almost nothing from what I've heard of the early era of their music that would like make me think like that. Like that just seems like if I saw that picture of an old dirty bastard in them, I wouldn't, I don't know. It just seems as disrespectful as the dude describes it in this skit. It just seems like, damn, almost like what people think I think of the Wu-Tang in the early reviews I did. That's not true. I think more of them as legitimate people. But uh, so it was all like bad and they put out this uh, review and then they heard nothing. And then one day, apparently Master Killer walks up to him and goes, yo, is you chill? And he's like, yeah. And he's bam, hits him in the fucking face and goes, just that's just to let you know, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. We come real with our shit. We ain't no fucking cartoon characters. And I'm like, all right, that's that's a dope story and you know what every time i hear that story so i mean i tend to listen to these projects four or five times before i talk about it so the nas one got more annoying over time i think i like this this little story just hearing it every single time because there's like this charm to it where it almost feels like a more natural skit on a wu-tang album where you would hear them kind of like whatever like a torture porn or whatever but instead it's just like this history from like a real person talking about how master killer punched him in the face over some shit because when you hear and you sing along to wu-tang clan ain't nothing to fuck with as a white boy in montreal you're not really picturing shit like this now i'm picturing shit like this um i don't know i thought it was really cool i just wanted to add a little anecdote i wanted to throw in a bit earlier but i forgot but in montreal there's this dope ass artist urban logics who i've been uh, talking to a whole bunch and he was just describing with passion the incredible nature of the wu-tang clan being one of the only groups in history with and probably the only one with the level of significance they have to all this time later 25 years later actually being like a proper group still intact even though they've had drama and shit and how he'd seen them live and just told me some stories of what their shows was like and shit and so having been able to talk to a dude like urban logics just to give him a shout out montreal does have some incredible shit tucked away into its scene and you know i don't talk enough about montreal so making efforts to put my city out there you know that's what we're supposed to do um still uh yeah i just 
hearing this kind of story and then considering like the environment where they come from and the type of personalities they were versus you know just getting excited to go see them live and shit it just adds this whole flavor of context into what makes their music so special that i didn't consider before so this really made sense and on the other hand i could kind of see how it was fine to cut this out of the documentary series because that's what they did again they did they just didn't have time or space in the actual thing i saw because i guess it was four hours that's it that's all or however much it was of actual runtime and so this is some bonus feature shit again but i would really recommend this one i find it super entertaining and i give it a 4.5 on 5 plus the rizza beat on this is just really great way better than the other one um on that note on showtime there's this docu-series called of mics and men and we're gonna listen to some promo i i don't know how to feel about this song because like from a sonic point of view it, it's dope like the beat from like, it says vital science and entertainment on uh, genius i don't know if i always trust genius but it's handy for that type of shit but it's just a great beat it's just so high energy and it's so fun to listen to and it's cool and then rizza comes in like mics and men books and pen decent rhymes hooks and lines one time where do we begin i mean that little summary it's just it's cool mics and men it just plays up on the mice and men classic uh title shit and then it flows books and pens that's writing lyrics and shit mics and men rappers and shit decent rhymes hooks and lines putting together these great projects they've done one time where do we begin oh shit we bringing it back is story time oh wait of mics and men is the name of the docuseries i okay I, i'm not trying to make fun but i am because it's kind of like literally this is just promo for the show so that you go watch it but it's still cool because he does it really well and it's, it's dope promo it's good promo but this is an ad um the gritty rugged lands of shaolin where proud man went from moving crack rocks to moving mountains moving crowds and making mothers proud now walk out of places where our people wasn't allowed and you know like you know we were from there and we went from the bad and we come to the good and it's flowing proper and everything you know 25 years later because that's what this is signifying the 25 years of Wu. the name of the wu-tang gets spread on both sides of the equator that's very true Wu is super popular it's facts the riz director grew to be a movie director still smoke blunts with red the mock rock mics with inspector and then he just runs through like chilling with the Wu. uh while the rizza and you gods still shake the fatal darts capadrana try to put a hole inside your heart you know like but i like the fact that it's it's honest you know it's got this sense of like if you understand the history and shit it's kind of playing real true to it and flows through and kind of shouts out everybody involved and even uh divine who my brother divine had how he pushed to fly his cars but he added a yacht to his repertoire and if you watch the docuseries you see him sitting on his yacht and it says divine and he's just talking i would never have caught that line if i hadn't watched a docuseries so i'm kind of glad i did otherwise i'd look a little stupid right now and then it just kind of ends then capadonna comes in and in my opinion does a nice proper verse um i'm on the mkx with the opposite says trying to take her back from the server back to the projects money chicks fast cars that's my obsession obligated to nothing except contracts and it just feels like Riz's verse is like the history of Wu. That's really cool. Capadonna's like, here's a proper Wu verse, and he just spits some shit, and it's really dope. He does also bring up Divine and his yacht. 
and flip money bags when our hulu shit pop seems like somehow hulu got brought up i don't know if it's also on hulu i thought it was on showtime so i thought that was kind of cool but maybe it was just implying like online streaming in general using hulu as a manifestation but i'm in canada so without paying money for a vpn i'm not getting no hulu and then i don't want to pay us dollars either because it's more expensive than canadian dollars for me i'm used to canadian prices on shit um anyway flows on through Wu-Tang forever we always on grind like Diddy told you ain't never gonna stop and it's true they're still grinding they're still doing they're still making it happen and it's incredible I mean shit I think it's July 12th I will be seeing them live it is so exciting that I like pivoted to do some woo shit even though I had other stuff I was planning on reviewing at this moment then we get Master Killer man have you not heard that one word uh given will have you missing listen to the fly piano woo gambino soprano deck and dino owners of their own casino rizzo whatever whatever flows on through it's very short um it's all right he flows hotter than the kalahari and he's doing his shit and then he goes so run tell a friend you can check it on showtime it's woo mics and men i'm like okay so something i noticed in episode four is that master killer appeared and it was like the first time we really kind of see him he says about two sentences and it cuts to his dad talking for a while and then we get this master killer verse here where uh, honestly he says some shit but it's kind of there he's there to plug the show and i'm like that's that's all from master killer i mean i'm not talking about from the album point of view it's actually cool he's on the album and he got a chance to be here and shit and all of that i meant from like four hours plus the 20 minutes of his project it's he wasn't given a lot of time considering all of the other woos got more time it was just something i noticed um i thought this song was okay but it, it still kind of feels more like an ad than a song so i gave it a 4.25 on 5 because it's a really good ad on that note there is one left on this little project and it's called one rhyme you have uh jizz uh spitting out the words that were used by rizza on method man's track mr sandman the remedy for stress is a day of rest uh bag assess playing chess yes my thoughts be sneaky like a crook from brooklyn great part jizz is just kind of spitting it. it sounds like he's outside like somebody's recording it like with a camera on some of those little cypher light videos and then we get master killer's interview bit that got cut from the documentary and that's what i mean like he was really like so not included that they put his interview bit on the album with nas like i mean it makes sense for maybe nas to be put on the album instead of in the the series because nas isn't a woo and i get that capadonna is a lot more involved than say master killer was and i understand a lot of the history behind the relationships but not like enough to know why he's just not in the series at all do they have beef or something right now like i get that like he was kind of like i don't know from what i understand like somebody fell asleep when recording 36 chambers and it just worked out that master killer was part of the woo and maybe he wasn't intending to be a rapper at first and whatnot but 25 years later it's like come on man i got the guy unless he was just that insignificant to that period of time that they didn't feel the need because it really focuses on say like 93 to like 2000 and then it just jumps to like the modern and it skips like 2000 to like 2008 16 or so like there's a big gap where not a lot gets talked about and so i don't really know what happened there 
but I just yeah I thought it was kind of weird and he just kind of tells the story about how he like missed the session that ended up being protective neck and after that he was never missed anything and he took his one rhyme and he memorized it till he mastered it and that's the mystery of chess boxing one and I like the fact that he was a guy who just kind of did what he could until the moment came and he was able to shine because he focused on what he could accomplish and pull it off and whatnot but like it just then the 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 little ep ends and i'm just like okay maybe it's like this is a little teaser for what you'll get in the docuseries but it also i don't know it's another little b-side bonus feature thing here so i give it a four it's all right but it left me thinking more like why wasn't the master killer one in the docuseries anyway that's the end of his project it was the seven tracks the four songs and the three skits um like without the skits i pretty much think uh the album's like a 4.45 with the skits it's a 4.33 i think it's a cool little ditty it's a nice little promo tool it's definitely something to listen to especially after you've watched the docuseries but i feel myself really recommending the docuseries and being like well if you like woo it's four cool new tracks for you to listen to even though one's kind of an ad and then the little skits are nice but really i like the the cheo skit the best um anyway that's all i gotta say about that thank you all for watching this video i didn't expect it to be this long considering how short the project was but uh, i guess i'm a little bit of a verbose person so let me know what you think in the comments feel free to say anything you want we'll have a little conversation down there we'll talk about it um special thanks to the patrons ismail gadamsey dj black hurricane chris prado uh linda williams and jonathan barnes they support what we do help us get a new camera they get to tell us what albums to review so if you have this pressing desire to see us talk about a review it's a great way to get us to do it quicker um otherwise you can hit that subscribe button hit that like button uh leave us a comment do all that cool stuff that youtube likes to make our video get more love in the grand scheme of things um also i make music dropped a project recently working on stuff we're releasing music to the channel so feel free to check that out if you uh, want to head over it's the top playlist there and yeah let us know what you think about anything have yourself a great day and look forward to talking about more music with y'all soon